There's a lot at stake for the Buffalo Bills this weekend and plenty to reflect upon entering Sunday night when the Buffalo Bills face the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East Championship game. We're going to break it all down today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, this is going to be our last conversation before the Buffalo Bills face the Miami Dolphins in Week 18 with everything on the line. And so on this episode, we're going to talk about what's at stake for the Bills. I want to discuss the Pro Bowl, right? A couple of Buffalo Bills were named to the Pro Bowl and several were not. So I want to touch on that. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of Banged Up Bills about the injuries on Sunday night. And then, of course, my prediction for the game is all coming your way today. But let's start with what's at stake. And I know that a lot of you are well acquainted with exactly what's at stake for the Bills this weekend. And I want to touch on that, but touch on the implications. So here it is. The Bills win. They beat the Dolphins on Sunday night. They're the number two seed in the AFC, and they they are the AFC East champions for a fourth consecutive season. That's awesome. You love that. Now, if the Bills lose, they will not be the two seed. They will either be the six seed, the seven seed, or out of the playoffs. Now, they would only be out of the playoffs if the Bills lose and both Jacksonville beats Tennessee and Pittsburgh beats Baltimore. That's your path to not making the playoffs. It's possible for sure. Now, obviously, getting in is the most important thing, and we'll know going into the game if the Bills lose to Miami if they're still going to be in the playoffs because the Ravens and the Steelers play on Saturday and the Titans and the Jaguars play Sunday at 1 o'clock. So we'll know if that could be a consequence of losing the game. So getting in, obviously, the most important thing, but the path to the Super Bowl, which is what this whole thing is about. You get to the playoffs so you can go on a run and get to the Super Bowl, right? That's what this whole thing is about. If you do that, the path to getting to the Super Bowl as the two seed compared to the six or seven is drastically different. Let's talk about it. If you are the two seed, that means you're either going to host Houston, Indy, or Jacksonville in the first round. And then after that, you get to host one of the Chiefs, Dolphins, or Browns. And then from there, 
you either host the AFC championship game, or if Baltimore wins in the divisional round, then you go to Baltimore, but you don't have to go to Baltimore until the AFC championship game, assuming you both get there. If the Ravens wind up losing in the divisional round and you win, the AFC championship game is played in Buffalo, New York. You love that. You love that path as the two seed. If you're the six or seven, it's a much more difficult path. If you're the six seed, then you go to Arrowhead to play Kansas City. If you're the seven seed, then you go to Miami. You play in Miami back-to-back weeks, and you be coming off a loss in Miami. From there, if you wind up winning in Miami or winning in Arrowhead, you would then go to Baltimore and then play another road game in the AFC Championship game. The two versus the six or seven is huge when it comes to the difference in the path to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, get in. Sure, that's first and foremost. Get in and give yourself a chance. You don't have a chance if you don't get in. But my goodness, is being that two seed really, really nice compared to being the six or the seven. Now, I will acknowledge that there's a path for the Bills to not make the playoffs. The Bills could play their last game this year on Sunday. Now, I do want to take a moment and tell you one thing. Nothing changes with this podcast. Whenever the Bills season is over, and I always say this every year, uh, before there's the first elimination game for the Bills where it could be it, nothing changes. We are daily all year long, and I love the offseason. The offseason is a fun time here on this podcast where we we do tons of big picture conversations. We do a lot of roster construction, a lot of evaluation. We do some nostalgic stuff. We do some roundtables. There's fun stuff that we do in the offseason. So make make sure that we're a part of your plan, even when the Bills aren't playing every single week. All right. Let's talk about the Pro Bowl. And I understand the Pro Bowl in a lot of ways is a popularity contest. It's uh, The selections are made split between fans, coaches, and players. And the, the NFL announced their Pro Bowl rosters this week, and two Buffalo Bills players were named to the Pro Bowl, both very deserving. Left tackle Deion Dawkins and running back James Cook. Both have had sensational seasons. I feel like I've been pounding the Deion Dawkins Pro Bowl train for a large part of this season. He's been unbelievable this year. And, of course, James Cook, the production, what he's been able to do this year is outstanding. Both very, very deserving. Now, when it comes to alternates, Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are first alternates. Mitch Morrison and Leonard Floyd are second alternates. Dalton Kincaid and Ed Oliver are third alternates. And Dawson Knox is a fifth alternate. That's it. Now, I want to reflect on some of this. First of all, the fact that Rasul Douglas and Terrell Bernard aren't even alternates is crazy to me. They absolutely deserve some recognition. And we'll talk about them in just a moment. But the thing that I take the most exception with as it relates to the AFC Pro Bowl is the fact that Josh Allen's not in it. And no, Josh Allen didn't have his best season. But he still should have been a pro bowler over Patrick Mahomes. And it's not particularly close. Tua Tungabailoa and Lamar Jackson are your other two AFC quarterbacks. And both very deserving. Tua, statistically the best passer in the AFC. And Lamar Jackson, a dynamic player on, on the really the top team in the AFC this year. But Mahomes over Allen is completely insane to me. Completely insane. Josh Allen leads the NFL in touchdowns with 42. That seems important. 
He has 13 more touchdowns than anyone in the AFC. 13 more than anyone in the AFC, not a pro bowler. He set the single season record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback with 15. And compared to Patrick Mahomes, Josh has 15 more touchdowns, 15, 168 less yards and two more turnovers than Patrick Mahomes. What are we doing here? You cannot possibly tell me that Patrick Mahomes this year is more deserving of the Pro Bowl than Josh Allen. Insane to me. And look, I I don't get too much into the Pro Bowl, but where I can find myself willing to take exception is when a player gets in where a player underneath them is far more deserving. Like, I can sit and gripe about Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver deserved to be in the Pro Bowl, but can you really complain about the guys that made it above him? Like, that's what I'm talking about. Stephon Diggs, probably Pro Bowl caliber season. Who are you pulling out, right? I don't really have a great case. I have a great case for Josh Allen getting in over Patrick Mahomes. Now, Terrell Bernard, Rasul Douglas, not even alternates. That's crazy to me. Terrell Bernard had a historic season. Uh, the, The first player since 1991 to record six sacks, three interceptions, and three fumble recoveries in the same season. Just the fourth player since 1982 to have that type of season. Oh, by the way, he's the starting middle linebacker, the quarterback of the defense that's number four in scoring in the NFL. Very deserving for at least an alternate job. I'm not asking to pull out Patrick Queen or Oquan Smith. I'm not asking for that. But an alternate, are we kidding? And then Rasul Douglas? Rasul Douglas doesn't get any recognition. If that guy's not a Pro Bowler, I don't know what a Pro Bowler is. Meanwhile, Jalen Ramsey, who missed seven games. He missed seven games. That's like almost half the games he missed. He's been great when he's been on the field, but he missed seven games. He's an actual pro bowler. Rasul Douglas doesn't even get a a spot as an alternate. Are we kidding here? Rasul Douglas has been unbelievable for the Buffalo Bills. Leads the NFL in takeaways since week nine when he became a Buffalo Bill with six. And he's he's been awesome. Since coming to the Bills, in coverage, he's been targeted 36 times in eight games. 36 times, given up 19 catches for 210 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions, a sack, and, of course, the fumble recoveries. His average game allowed is 2.4 catches and 26.25 yards across eight games. That can't be an alternate Pro Bowler, at least, if not an actual Pro Bowler. Are we kidding here? Now, he was named AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts against the New England Patriots. Three passes defended, two interceptions, one, of course, returned for a touchdown. So that's obvious recognition, but the fact that he's not even an alternate is crazy, crazy, crazy to me. All right, folks, we're going to talk injuries and, of course, my prediction for Sunday night. All coming your way, so be sure to stick with us. But folks, when you're when you're hiring for your small business, you want to be certain that you have as many top-tier candidates available as possible to interview, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now and might not have the time or resources 
to hire. Well, thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy. He runs bangedupbills.com. You can follow him on Twitter at bangedupbills. He joins us each week to talk injuries ahead of the Bills game. And obviously, we have a big one. Kyle, I've been calling this the AFC East Championship game. And so uh, we're going to need your best information this week. And we have to start with Josh Allen. He's going to play. We're not concerned there. He has no game day designation. But we are concerned because we saw him not only hit his finger on the helmet of a Patriots player, but that last play where he you know, got that game ceiling first down, had a shoulder deal, it's affecting his neck. What do we need to know this time about Josh Allen? He's going to be okay. That's, that's the biggest thing. Everybody's worried about that. Uh, looking at, back at the chronological aspect of the injuries, he suffered a right middle finger injury. Specifically, he injured the proximal interphalangeal joint on his middle finger uh, when he had the follow through on the throw with like 17 seconds left in the first quarter. It's just something he couldn't prevent. The linebacker was coming in and that arm just fell, followed through and clipped the helmet. Uh, you could see some swelling on the finger and he was kind of shaking out throughout the remainder of the game, and he even said that he didn't have a great touch on the football. That would explain why, um, just because if your finger's swollen up, you don't you just don't have as much range of motion in there. Uh, that ties into the next thing, where at that game ceiling first down, he made that collision and suffered the stinger. Now, I thought at the point when he suffered the stinger, the stinger happened on the right side because he was shaking out those fingers, but the team was assessing the left shoulder. So he suffered the stinger in the left shoulder, he states he had never had a stinger before. That's why it felt funny, but he's okay. We've seen stingers historically been okay with exception of Micah Hyde, like we talked about this year, but there's no issues with the stinger, especially that being the left shoulder. And then the right finger, considering it's a middle finger, I'm not too concerned about grip. It might affect him a little bit, but we've seen him play through worse, and I think he'll be fine given a week off with all the rehab and all the things he has disposable to him. I hear you saying he's going to be fine. I get that. He's going to play. But like, what, what, is, what are the challenges that he's facing? Is there going to be pain? Is there anything mechanically that might have to be different because of these new injuries? Uh, not from the stinger standpoint. He'll be fine. He might be a little adverse to maybe taking a hit or maybe lead with, well, he wouldn't want to lead with his right shoulder because his throwing shoulder. But I, I don't think he's going to avoid hits altogether. But going back to the grip with the football, he might just have some difficulty if, I, if he takes another hit to the area because, I mean, he's getting tackled, he's getting hit. I don't think guys are going to necessarily be able to target his hand per se, but there are certain times if he's running, he could hit the knuckle again, could swallow up on him. So you might see some touch throws kind of not be – as, as accurate just because uh, if that finger does swell up though, I don't know that they tape it up or think that that would restrict the range of motion even yeah. more, but it just, if it gets hit again, but like I said, they, I'm sure they're doing everything they can to get their swelling out of there, keep their range of motion and just try to make sure he gets to their game without taking further hits. The bills have one player with an injury designation for this game and it's center Mitch Morse who practiced Wednesday and Thursday in full, but missed on Friday due to an illness. Not that I, assuming you don't know exactly what's wrong, if he's got a cold or whatever it is, a stomach bug, anything here that we need to be aware of? I've been tracking injuries since 2017. There has been 14 instances, uh, dating back to last year, that were had an illness designation. All of them played except for Quentin Morris last year in week 13. So 13 out of 14 guys with an illness during the week played. I'd lead that toward being the case for Mitch Morris come Sunday. 
put the IVs in them, vitamin C, whatever you got to do. But I expect he's going to play barring some weird setback. All right. We can put that aside most likely, but uh, we can't put aside the Miami Dolphins. They've got a lot of injuries, several key players that are out. Uh, Of course, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard, not to mention Connor Williams and Jalen Phillips. And uh, just they've had a lot of injuries, but they have three players that are questionable. And so I would like to talk to you about them. And you've been doing AFC East injury analysis all year long. So it's not like we're pulling this out of nowhere. You've been studying uh, the Dolphins and Jets and Patriots. So let's get into this real quick here. Jalen Waddle, uh, he didn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, limited participant on Friday, missed last week after an early game ankle, ankle injury against the Cowboys. What do you think? Now, he suffered a high ankle sprain, the same injury that uh, Tyreek Hill had suffered, and he only missed one game. So there's a chance that Waddle could play. Um, he's still reporters today that he was able to cut. He had no pain. You got to question how much he was cutting. Is he going 100%? I don't know. I, I don't believe he would be going 100%. But, you know, he's played through a lot of injuries this year and even last year. I expect he's going to give it every opportunity because even though the Dolphins have the playoff spot locked up, they still have a lot to play for. And even a less than 100% Jalen Waddle, maybe only cutting to the right where, you know, he has this good ankle, is still going to be more effective than, you know, a lot of the depth guys on the Dolphins roster. It's not, um, impressive you know when you look at it, we got hill and then waddle and then kind of just drops off after that so they're going to tape up the heck out of it maybe limit you know some of the deep stuff he can do and then just try to focus maybe up to the right so he doesn't have to put sh- so much off that left ankle and he pivots on it but uh it's unfortunate that he, he's dealing with that but that's just the reality of football raheem mostert uh, uh dolphins starting running back he has like 20 something touchdowns this year he's been really productive a pro bowler he's been injured a lot throughout his career and I know that he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, limited on Friday. And if I'm not mistaken, Mostert had a game earlier this year where he didn't practice all week and still played in the game. Last week, I think there was some belief he could go. He wound up sitting out. You see him missing back-to-back weeks? I don't, just because, A, he had last week off, which should give him enough time. And I know Mick McDaniel had said that the stuff he normally does kind of get ready. His body just didn't respond to that. I was paraphrasing mm-hmm. with that. So I expect a week off that should give him another week to kind of get ready. What's interesting about Mostert is that he's been dealing with an ankle injury that dates back to week seven, has not missed any time up to until last week, and then his knee injury dates back to week nine. It seems like it's been more of a maintenance thing being on the injury report all year. At this point, it's more of a chronic thing, too. The knee, he had had a cartilage um, surgery back when he was with the 49ers, missed all of the 2021 season, I believe it was, and then he's still been playing off it. So it's possible a knee might be a little more arthritic because that was meant to prolong his career because um, he's probably going to need a knee replacement like most guys will later on. Uh, but the ankle, I don't have a lot of information about. I don't think it's a – it could be a high ankle, but then he would have missed some time. So I don't quite know what's going on with him, but – I would expect him to play once again due to the stakes and everything going on. Jerome Baker, the Dolphins starting middle linebacker, quarterback of their defense. He's missed some time. He has actually been on injured reserve. Um, and there's a chance he could go this week. I'm curious to get your thoughts on that because that'd be a big addition to their defense back, but not even a full practice. He's been practicing in limited capacity all week long. Will will he start on Sunday without having a full practice under his belt? For Bill Six, I would hope he wouldn't play, but considering he's had a month off, MCL sprains could take four or six weeks to fully get back. I would expect that he's going to try playing. 
Um, just give a quick recap. He had his left knee taken out by a uh, fellow teammate while he's trying to tackle Curtis Samuel against Washington commanders. And thankfully it wasn't more severe, you know, ACL like we see with other guys. So he got the injury reserve. He's able to practice by Disney to return this week. I can't imagine why they wouldn't bring him back. I mean, I don't think Duke Riley's been anything special back there. So get Jerome Baker back there, even less than hundred percent. We're also seeing Javon Holland playing through bilateral MCL sprains. So if Holland's out there after missing a month with both knee uh, sprains, I expect Baker to get out there and play um, and hopefully be better than Holland. All right, Kyle, this has been a lot of fun. I always appreciate your expertise. And we acknowledge that there's a chance that this is the last Bills game this season. It has been, of course, an awesome ride. We, we're, we're certainly going to do four or five more of these, but there's a chance this could be the end. And if it is, thanks again for an amazing season. Thank you, Joe. I always appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on podcasts. It's just a lot of fun writing, talking, just discussing the injuries as a whole. It's always amazing that the number of people that listen, I mean, you've created a heck of a platform for people to listen and get the content that they uh, so rightfully deserve. And I get so many people reaching out on every social media platform and old classmates and people who I never thought would be a big Bills fan that they say, hey, I listen to Lockdown Bills. I hear you on there. I love Joe's work. And I'm like, that's cool that they go to listen to Joe. And I'm glad I'm just a small part of that. So uh, thank you to everybody who tunes in for my stuff. I know that Joe is a big portion, a main portion why you're sh- uh, showing up. But thank you for uh, partaking in my content. I enjoy doing it and go Bills. Appreciate you, Kyle. Listen, I could talk football, X's and O's. The injury stuff, I get a little bit nervous. You're the man for that. Appreciate what you do. Go Bills. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you a match with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So celebrate the progress you've already made and visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, folks, we're going to do my prediction for the game. Uh, But before we do, I would love to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community something we've done all season long, and it's been awesome, and we're going to do it all throughout the offseason as well. I have some cool stuff planned for that, but here's what you get. You get one-on-one text messaging with me, so if you ever want to talk bills, you have a question, you can shoot me a text message. We can talk bills. I also give you my first reaction to all major bills news, so when the Pro Bowl rosters were announced, I sent out a text to all the subtext subscribers. Uh, You get in-game text, so as the bills are playing the Dolphins on Sunday night, I'm going to share my analysis Pretty much after every single drive, I'll have something to say about what I'm seeing and what I'm hoping to see. Uh, You also get access to our Discord channel, free access to our Discord channel. It's a bonus for signing up to the subtext where we got hundreds of Bills fans in there. We talk Bills, Sabres, life, all kinds of fun stuff. And it also has the Film Clips channel where as I do my all-22 review film studies, uh, I share clips in there where I'll do voiceover commentary on uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 clips from the game that I share in there. So you want to be part of that as well. So check it out. Join it. It's in the 
uh, show notes. If you want to join, there's a link in today's show notes that you can click on and join. And then also, I know that subtext is not available to the international listeners, but I've made the Discord available to our international listeners or really anybody that wants to be part of the Discord but it's not really interested in subtext. If you want that, shoot me an email, joemarino65 at gmail.com, and I'll send you the information to join the Discord. It's the same rate as the subtext, so check that out if you're interested. We're having fun. would love for you to be a part of that. Now, I want to give you a prediction on this game, and I want to do this a little bit differently. Normally, I'll give you five predictions uh, for how I see it going, but today I want to just kind of talk about how I see it going and let you know if I think the Bills are going to win. And obviously we had a lot we've had a lot of discussions this week about this game. But as we're, you know, really just a couple of days away from the game when I'm recording this, could be just hours away from the game when you're listening to this. There's some things that really stand out to me about this game against the Miami Dolphins. And I'll take you on a little bit a little bit of a journey here and then I'll I'll finish with my prediction. Defensively, the Bills against Miami I feel as good as I can about that opportunity. The defense has been a big part of this win streak formula. The Bills have won four in a row, five of the last six. Defense gets a lot of credit for that. They've been in some tough spots. They got out of it. They've created takeaways. They've created sacks and negative plays. And they've had three opportunities in the last four games to face a team on the last drive of the game where they could take the lead and the Bills defense held firm all three times. I'm really satisfied. They're mostly healthy. I know that they don't have Tredavious White, but we could probably look at Rasul Douglas and say, you know what, that's that's probably an upgrade. And they don't have Matt Milano, and obviously that sucks, and Matt Milano was a big part of the week four success that the Bills had against the Miami Dolphins. I'm not minimizing that. And Tyrell Dotson against Miami is not nearly the same type of factor as a Matt Milano. But for the most part, they are healthy. Daquan Jones is back, and and really everybody but Matt Milano and Trey White asterisks because you have Rasul Douglas is available for this game. You feel good about that against a shorthanded and banged up Dolphins offense. You know, Tua's got his own shoulder thing that he's playing through, and he's got his own hand thing that he's playing through as well. Or he hit his hand on the helmet of a, of a player last week as well, and all of that came really at the end of the game. You know, they're not going to have their starting center. They're not going to have their starting left guard. Their starting right guard is going to play hurt. Teron Armstead's always playing hurt. Jalen Waddell, we'll see. If he plays, he's going to be two weeks removed from a high ankle sprain. Raheem Mostert, we'll see. He'll be playing through injury. Devon Achain, playing through injury. Like, you have to feel somewhat good about the where your health stands defensively versus a, a banged-up Miami Dolphins offense. So the Dolphins are going to get yards. They're probably going to score a little bit, right? That's part of the deal. It's the number one scoring team in the NFL for a reason. They're dynamic. They have speed. Even with the injuries, they have speed. And they're really creative with scheme. They are a you know, motion, speed, leverage, shift offense. It's tough to deal with. Now, the, fortunately for the Bills, they've had a lot of opportunity to play it. That helps them. Offensively, I believe a lot in the Bills' run game. And the Dolphins have been good on defense defending the run. But I think the Bills' run scheme is pretty unique. And last week I talked about how successful the Patriots' run defense has been this season. And I predicted the Bills to have a, have a good game against New England, and that happened, running the ball. The only thing that was missing running the, game, running the ball against New England was the explosive runs. 
But I think there's such a unique element to the way that the Bills run the ball with their tackle wrap play where they pull that backside tackle and make them play side and introduce those extra gaps that's tough to diff- to deal with. But then what's, what makes that even better is, is the threat of, of zone read and Josh Allen pulling the ball and, and taking off, right? This puts a lot of stress on a, on a defense. And then they're, they're really versatile with how they run the ball. You know, they've shown the ability to run crack toss and duo and inside zone. And there's, there's, they're very creative and Ty Johnson's been a nice boost to it. I really like the bills run scheme. I have confidence in that. And I believe a lot in the opportunities that's going to be there for the bills in the passing game. Now we mentioned the shorthanded offense that Miami has They're shorthanded on defense as well. They're not going to have Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb or Xavier Howard. Now, Jerome Baker is probably going to be back for this game, but it's his first game in a month. Zach Sealer's snaps have been coming down recently as he's kind of been banged up. Javon Holland's only one game back from uh, missing a fair amount of time with MCL sprains in both knees, right? They're banged up. So I like that opportunity. Now, the interior offensive line is going to be critical. Even Sealer and, and Wilkins, that's a stud pair of interior rushers, and I've Talked at length about how I thought the interior offensive line was one of the biggest problems the Bills had last week against New England in their passing game, and it really took away some opportunities. So that's going to be really important. But I, I, the big message that I had coming out of that Patriots game in the All-22 review was that there were so many chances there. And whether it was protection, you know, Josh made a wrong read, Josh missed a pass, receivers couldn't finish. It took away from great opportunities that existed in the passing game. But the most important thing is that the opportunities were there. So I believe in the defense. I believe in the run game. I believe in the opportunities in the passing game. So what's the big concern? Candidly, my biggest concern is how Josh Allen is going to play. How is he going to attack Miami? He's had a ton of success against Miami. We'll get to that. But is he going to go out there and chase big plays down the field? when they're playing with vertical leverage and conceding stuff underneath and force some throws and throw some picks? Is he going to chase the three touchdown passes to give him 30 on the season and become the second quarterback ever to have 30 touchdown passes and 10 rushing touchdowns in a season? I don't know. But if Josh is willing to go out there and play smart winning football and take profits in the passing game, the Bills are going to have some success. And that should open up some of those opportunities down the field. This is a bad tackling Dolphins defense. We've talked about that this week. Fourth most missed tackles in the NFL, 20 more than the Bills this year. They struggle with that. And the big reason why is because they struggle defending running backs out of the backfield. Cover one. If you guys aren't following cover one and and checking out their work, their YouTube, they're phenomenal. I'm a big fan. Cover one put out some great information end of this week that I want to share with you. They shared this on Twitter. Dolphins defense versus running backs in the passing game. 78 attempts faced. That's the third most in the NFL. 60 completions. That's the sixth most in the NFL. 6.9 yards per attempt. The second highest in the NFL. And 12 explosive plays conceded. That's the second most. Cover one also shared that the Dolphins defense facing a challenge when it comes to running backs in the passing game They surrender a first down or touchdown 40% of the time when a pass is completed to a running back. That's third worst in the NFL. And maybe the Dolphins are going to come into this game after they got in trouble last week against Baltimore with some of this stuff against Justice Hill. And and you heard Vic Fangio this week talk about 
are uh, James Cook is the best Bills running back since Thurman Thomas. Like maybe that's going to be a point of emphasis emphasis for them. Well, you still have Ty Johnson, but if they do want to take away these backs out of the backfield and put a lot of attention there, go right ahead because that's going to make it difficult to spy Josh Allen, and that should open up plenty of opportunities for wide receivers and tight ends to eat. You should be able to dictate terms offensively against this defense. But the biggest concern that I have is, will Josh Allen take those profits? Josh Allen is not new to these types of stages, right? He's He's been in playoff games. He's been in elimination games. He's been in big moments throughout his entire NFL career. This is not a foreign stage to him, and he's obviously been very successful against Miami. 11 starts against Miami. The Bills won nine of those games, 9-2 and two record against Miami, and we know all about the stats. Are, they're unbelievable. Five AFC Offensive Player of the Week honors against the Miami Dolphins. And let's face it, the two losses that the Bills have against Miami – If Josh Allen puts a little bit more on that pass to Charles Clay and he doesn't one-hop the game-winning touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie, he's 11-0. Meanwhile, Tua is 1-5 against the Bills with a passer rating of 79.6, five touchdowns and six interceptions in six games, all against Sean McDermott. I got a little bit of a confidence about the Bills winning this game. Could I be wrong? For sure. I respect the Dolphins. I think they're a good football team. They're dangerous in so many different ways. But the circumstances of this game are really, really different for both both teams. And you'd like to be able to look at the success that you've had against Miami and, and, and believe that it will continue on Sunday night in a big stage. But will Josh Allen play smart winning football? And here's the deal. Even if Josh Allen plays a dud of a game, which has happened this year. I look at the Jets game in week one, the Patriots loss, the Broncos loss. In all three of those games, he still walked off the field with the lead before the defense gave it up on the last drive. So if my biggest question about this game is how Josh Allen's going to play, and he's played amazingly well against the Miami Dolphins this year, or throughout his career, and they're a battle-tested team, that's been in these moments, that has met these moments, I'll take it. Put me down for a Bills win on Sunday Night Football and the two seed, and we're going to get ready next week for the Bills to host a playoff game and hopefully multiple playoff games. That's how I see this going down. Miami's a tough team. Their speed on offense, their scheme on offense, the talent they have on defense, it's really good. But unfortunately for them, they're just really banged up. They're really banged up. And and I know nobody's going to send a, a card to the Dolphins and, and feel bad for them for their injuries. But man, that team that's going to take the field on Sunday is nothing like what Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel envisioned for it to be when they started the season because of how shorthanded they are and the guys that are trying to play her. And that's football, right? Again, nobody feels bad for them. Nobody cares about your problems in the NFL. But you got to take advantage of this opportunity if you're the Buffalo Bills. Put me down for a Bills win. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here this week on the podcast. Looking forward to all the post-game coverage. It'll start on Bleacher Report. So right after Bills Dolphins finishes 
I'm going live on Bleacher Report and then, of course, all of our post-game coverage. Join the Lockdown Bills subtext community so you can get in on the Discord. We're going to spend all day Monday studying the tape and breaking it down from the Bills-Dolphins game. A lot coming your way. Don't miss anything. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again after the game.